All right, welcome in week nine, R.J. Bell's dream preview. And you might be saying, well, if it's R.J. Bell's dream preview, why is A.J. Hoffman talking to start the podcast? Well, R.J. is uh, he's he's on the injured uh, on the injury report. He's uh, he's dealing with some some illness and we're hoping he's back tomorrow. We're going to say probable for tomorrow, but he's out today. Much like Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> not that RJ has COVID. I, I hope not. I do know RJ's vaccinated. I do know Aaron Rodgers is not. So that's that's one thing. But that's the difference. I think RJ has probably just got a cold or something. And he'll be back tomorrow and he'll be fine. Back to normal. Aaron Rodgers, on the other hand, out for Sunday. Big news today. Um, Aaron Rodgers, COVID. The line moves like a wildfire. And here's a, a preview. Didn't move enough for somebody. I can tell you that. Uh, I'm AJ Hoffman, as I said. Steve Fezzik, of course, is here. It's sort. It's not even the wise guy roundtable because there's just two of us. So it's just the the wise guy. And let's be honest, I'm not really a wise guy. So it's like Fez and another guy roundtable. <laughs> I like it. Throw Mackenzie and Brad under the bus. Good job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Listen, they're, they're, listen. They'll find a way to screw this show up by the end of it. I promise you. Are we recording? Should we send it in? (laughs) Yeah, do we need to make a check? Are we good, guys? We're all good to go. Okay, so far they're doing their job. All right, here's what I can tell you. RJ ain't faking because if RJ were sick or if he weren't sick, he would be here because RJ last week, five-star winner. I cross-fired with him, lost. Four-star for RJ, winner. Three-star for RJ, winner. Two-star for RJ, winner. 14 points he put up on us. You and I put up six com- or 12 combined. Hmm. RJ would be here gloating. This is the best week he's had all season. There you go. It's got to be real. It's got to be real. You know, I got to say this about last week because I really liked the Colts. I did too. And I liked the Vikings, all right? And I was all getting ready to give it out to clients, and they both steamed. I was like, ah, let it go. To show some discipline. So I got saved losses if I had been on top of it. And this will happen sometimes. And I had given out the Colts back at Pickham and the Vikings back at Pickham. I would have been saddled with two losers. But because I was, for whatever reason, I didn't give those out, I wound up with two other games that wound up being winners. And so I went 2-0 and on Sunday instead of 2-2. Two and two. The, the games that I won, I'm not going to lie, I feel a little bit lucky. Dallas. When when I gave Dallas plus or minus one and a half on this on this podcast last week, so you lay one and a half on a team that you could have gotten two to one on the money line. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, sure. But good news, they covered one and a half. Cooper Rush, uh-huh. Cedric the Entertainer, working and, hard for you, <laughs> passing and catching. And the one that RJ lost, he crossfired with me on Buffalo and Miami, and I was certainly fortunate to get that to the window because one minute left. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo just going to take a knee. Nope. No. Oh, just run the ball into the middle. Nope. No. Nope. Josh Allen Let's get <laughs> to it, the man. house. Let me run the ball in to uh, r- risk um, season-ending injury. Not only that. Just to took, get the cover. It took to a – I'm not going to say he was shaving points, but if if someone did, I would go, well, maybe. You know, like – but then the idiot kicker misses the extra point, right? And yeah. lands 15. So if you bet that's that's a game people say, oh, that's a bad beat. When when that game lands 15 and the Houston game lands 16, all right, and the point spread closed right on that number and you could get either side of it. That's not a bad beat. That's bad, bad gambling. That's bad gambling. Yep. If you laid 16 and a half, you you're like, I didn't deserve this. Yes, you did. As they said in in the uh, the movie with the duck of the the, the Howard the Duck. No, the 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 the, the remember the movie um, Unf- is it Unforgiven where um, Gene Hackman says I didn't deserve this. Yes. There was a duck in that movie too. It's like I didn't deserve that, and it's like yes, you did. What was that movie with the duck? It's Howard the Duck, obviously, right? <laughs> no, there was the duck of of something in that movie. Yeah, that movie. The guy with the dude with the glasses. My two favorite movies when I was a kid were Howard the Duck. And Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And Ferris Bueller's Day Off, like I used to go to the video store and get those same two movies back to back. I would just trade them off. And 
in retrospect, like looking back, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is a great movie. It's still like if you my kids watched it and they're like, oh, this is a great movie. Howard the Duck is a terrible movie. <laughs> and not only is it terrible, it's weird. Like it's promoting bestiality. There's a woman and a duck having sex in that movie. It's a spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Howard the Duck, a woman, Leah Thompson, has sex with a duck. So well, since a we're duck already smoke cigars. We're off script. I'm not even gonna give any commentary. Here are my top ten movies to watch. Top ten? I thought you said five. It's ten now. Oh boy. Because you took so much time Howard talking the duck, about one of them? talking about your Howard the Duck. No commentary. These are just good movies to watch. Okay. Rounders. Okay. Lucky You. Okay. Fast Times Ridgemont High. I like that one. Don't forget about the 14-point spread, as Damone says. Wall Street. All right. The Big Short. Yes. It's Halloween time, so The Fly 1 and 2. The Fly? Yes, sir. Those are bad movies. This is in no particular order, You just didn't understand them. Uh, The Sixth (laughs) Sense. Meatballs. Meatballs are good movies. You must be the short, depressed kid we ordered. (laughs) And finally, one for the kids. The Hobbit, the animated version, this is like 30 years old, outstanding. Don't watch the new um, scientifically generated, you know, 500 soldiers and orcs fighting dwarves. No. Go with the original animated one, The Hobbit. Okay. Well, there you go. Mackenzie, you going to argue any of his list? The fact that he had The Hobbit, the animated one, which I had VHS when I was seven, that's awesome. That's awesome. That is the best Hobbit. The VHS one, what was like from the 70s? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Classic you said 20-something years ago. What? You said 20-something years ago. That's the problem is people think of the 70s and they think, oh, that was 20-something years ago. No, sure wasn't. Because mm. I, I think of that with, like, the, the 80s were, like, 20-something years ago. And that's like, oh, wait a minute. God, when Lake Town's just getting wrecked by the dragon and bards down to his last arrow and it's the black arrow and the whole town is collapsing from flames. I'm with you, if McKenzie. If that's not drama, I don't know That what is a is. terrifying movie, like, when you're a child. That yes. movie... Uh, Watership Down is a terrifying uh, just, just cartoon missed, movie. Just missed the top ten. And uh, The Secret of Nim. I don't know if you guys yes. have seen that, but mm. that movie, when Spooky. you when I was a kid, it was it was frightening to for, me. For 50 years, the largest rabbit I'd ever seen was the general in Watership Down. And then some dude brought, like, this um, New Zealand rabbit to a San Francisco Giants game. It, it was a comfort pet, and that rabbit is even bigger than the general. You can query it's it. It's bigger than the cartoon? You can query it on YouTube. Um, you know, Robert Comfort Pet, San Francisco Giants. It was like the headline of the day. All right, let's get into the meat here. Let's get into it. As always, we'll do our uh, five, four, three, two, one weight, and we'll give something on every game. I'm, I got to warn you guys: this is a shorter episode than normal. There's only two of us here. Maybe we've heard we've heard these promises before. Well, let's start with Steve Fezzik. What is your five-weight play this week? San Francisco 49ers. McKenzie's 49ers catching one and a half, hosting the Arizona Cardinals. That is an agreement. I What do we call it when, when I agree with you? Do we call it agreement or what do we call it? Best bet. A double like. That's oh, a, yeah, like. Double, a double, a double like. like. You got this as a four-weight, I believe, we do. right? Now, I want you to confirm this because I already know what RJ's going to say because he's not here. Did we discuss our picks at all before we uh, before we gave them out? No. We have three double likes. We have one crossfire, but we had three double likes. And I said, damn it. Completely independent, although I did write my picks out in, cl- in plain sight of everyone before you wrote yours, but they were completely independent. Oh, well, all right. It did look like me in math class, just kind of angling his head from left <laughs> to right. I mean, Mackenzie, you, you like you see what time I get here on Wednesdays to prep for this pod. I don't get here just to like. Otherwise, I could get here at like twelve thirty. I figured and you just, just spent twelve hours planning how you were going to steal from Fezzik. Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. All right, I, I like the Cardinals as well. It's my four weight, but you go, you get the honors. Well, I don't like the Cardinals at all. I, mean, I like, San, me, I like San Francisco. You like the Cardinals? No, game. I don't like the Cardinals. Um, it's payback time. So. I had San Francisco against Arizona in Arizona. They lost 17-10. to 10. The idiot quarterback blew the game. Trey Lance played horrible. Was that the idiot quarterback or the idiot coach who played the idiot quarterback? Both. And, okay. who, and whoever drafted the kid. Um, <laughs> bottom line is uh, Trey Lance did cross the goal line. They would have covered, but the refs didn't give them that touchdown. But it was a totally evenly played game. The game was in Arizona, and Murray was healthy. What has changed since? Well, Murray's not healthy anymore. He's walking around in a walking boot. Did not practice. 
So it's a free roll. Murray doesn't play. We get um, Jump for Joy. We get Dr. McCoy starting for the Arizona Cards. That would be a five-point downgrade. Or Murray plays, and he's not 100%. I know this. McKenzie's 49ers are getting healthier. We get the good quarterback, Jimmy G, who actually showed, showed a little bravado, running the ball, putting his head down, running two rushing touchdowns last week. And we get the... um, the AWOL, Kittle, who's yep. only played four games this year, looks like he's finally going to be back with Kittle back and Jimmy G back. San Francisco, the underdog, love this pick, plus one and a half, best bet. Plus, Are we at plus one and a half or two and a half for the contest? What did we go with here? One and a half. One and a half, okay. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. The, the 49ers, I said when that game happened, if they had even just even below average quarterback play, they win that game. And one thing I know about Jimmy G, he can give below average quarterback play. Better than anybody, he does that. Uh, actually, to Jimmy G's credit, despite his poor grades in QBR and PFF, he's 12th in EPA amongst quarterbacks. So it's not, it's not all bad for Jimmy G. It's certainly an upgrade over Trey Lance. I, I think that the Murray thing is an issue. He didn't practice today. Could be precautionary. He did have a long week. He, he, he you know, he got hurt on Thursday. And the ankle they're saying is like a, a medial ankle sprain, so it's going to be pain tolerance. But look at you. It sounds like you went to medical school. I, I stayed at a Holiday Express. Say that Express. again. Medial? A medial ankle sprain, okay. which is unlike a high ankle sprain, which they, those are more difficult to deal mm-hmm. with. So this is just like more of a standard sprain. Okay. So it's going to be a pain tolerance thing. And this is a guy who plays hurt all the time. Now, he also is ineffective when he plays hurt all the time. That's that's one thing that we've seen with him. It's it, When he's not 100%, it's not all that great. Let's take a look at his rush yards, probably be in the mid, probably mid-20s. If it is, we'll probably go under. Well, and here's the other thing. Arizona against the run, not good. 10th highest rushing success rate in the league. Now they're without their best run stopper, J.J. Watt, for the season. Uh, so th- their metrics aren't going to be getting better. Their run metrics aren't going to be getting better. Uh, and they're going to get, like you said, getting Kittle back, who's missed the last several games, including the first game against Arizona. He's a big boost for them. Uh, and that was – people forget that was a three-point game midway through the fourth quarter, and that was at Arizona. This is a, a good matchup for the 49ers, and now they're getting healthy. Arizona's less healthy. That was Murray's worst QBR of the season by far, 264 his next worst game was 49.1 last week. So the 49ers, they knew how to solve the Murray puzzle. Now he's banged up. I, I'm with you. That's my four weight, the San Francisco 49ers plus one and a half. You like the 49ers. I like the 49ers. Our minds do not change with the passage of one scant moon. We still like the 49ers versus our October opinion. Yeah, I own I'm not crazy about the 49ers, mind you, overall. I like them in this spot. I told McKenzie last week, I said, McKenzie, I hope, I hope the Cardinals win here on Thursday night football. I hope they, I hope they crush the Packers only because I want to bet against them next week with San Francisco. So I'm, they didn't get the win. We're still getting a decent number. Could have been better. I think if, if Murray weren't hurt, I think we'd get three and I'd feel really good about this, but. Speaking of Arizona, shocker, A.J. Green pops up on the COVID yeah. list uh, after uh, retiring mid-play uh, mid <laughs> <laughs> in, in the game. That was a really, really odd final play. And it, like, it looked like he was blocking, but you could, they couldn't have possibly been calling a run play there. You know, they say in baseball, the beauty of baseball is that if you pay enough attention in baseball, you will see something that you have never seen ever before. And I have to be honest, I don't think I've ever seen an out pattern ever before. I've seen dudes it zipping past a dude where he wasn't looking for it, certainly, but I've never seen the receiver totally not look for it. And yet, in one on one coverage, the defender intercept it and knows it's coming. Like AJ Green was, he looked like he was actively engaged in blocking. Yes. I've never seen the defender, you know, actually look for the ball and be able to intercept it like that. So, what a a weird, what a weird situation. All right. My five weight is going to be the Baltimore Ravens minus six 
against the Minnesota Vikings. I, too, am on the Ravens. This is my three-weight hosting the Vikings. Tell everyone why the Ravens are going to kill them. The Ravens are coming off a bye. The Vikings played Sunday night, so huge rest advantage for the Ravens. And the Vikings secondary, you've got to start having some concerns now. Cooper Rush just threw for over 300 yards against you. Uh, add in that the Vikings gave up 4.6 yards per rush in that game. Now, now we're like, okay, well, how are you stopping the Ravens? Uh, what the because what the what the what they did against the Cowboys was stack the box and say we're not going to let Zeke beat us, and then it didn't matter. Like it, 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 so, if if Cooper Rush is beating your secondary when you stack the box, this newfound Lamar Jackson who knows how to throw the football is going to give you some real problems. They actually didn't. I read an article just that they they actually didn't stack the box. Zimmer said, that's a direct quote, Well, we, we, that we stacked the box, and then it turns out only like an 18% of the players' plays did they actually stack the box. You know what? I, I, don't, I don't know that I believe that. Mm-hmm. And I, I heard players say, we prepped all week for Dak Prescott. No, he didn't. Bullshit. Y- yeah, like... The line was three. It was the Vegas was telling you it was very likely Dak was. And up. even if you did prep all week for Dak Prescott, you had to think that Dak Prescott would would throw the ball better than Cooper Rush did. Like what changed like so drastically that Cooper Rush was able to throw for three hundred yards? On I, you? I still am convinced Cedric Wilson should be the quarterback for this team. That, that was <laughs> the great. That was the greatest pass on the run and and downfield vision that I've seen in quite some time. The Ravens getting healthier on the offensive line, getting healthier in the backfield. Bye week came at a really good time for them. Vikings just lost their best pass rusher. Uh, so if Daniel Hunter, uh, Daniel Hunter, Daniel Hunter. Yep. Yeah, if, if, if the game plan is similar to what you saw against the Cowboys and you, you have no reason to think it wouldn't be like, that's still the recipe to beat the Ravens, right? Dare Lamar to beat you with his arm. Sure. He's proven this season, at least that he he's more capable of doing that. Am I getting this right? Sammy Watkins comes back? Likely? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think, and there's another thing, huge special teams edge for the Ravens. Ravens best in DVOA in special teams. The Vikings are 30th. So I, Yeah, but their kicker's due to you know, reversion no, to the he's main. not. Yeah, no. just like Justin, Justin Tucker's probably going to miss 40 in a row, so it becomes an average <laughs> kicker. No, he's not. Uh, so I wonder if they're going to run a fake field goal like the Steelers did and let him stay in the – let him roll out and, and survey and the field. Killed? Yes. No, that's not going to happen. That The Ravens aren't dummies with their special teams. So I'll go Ravens minus six, my five weight for this week. I actually like fake field goals, so let me – caveat that I don't I, like it when you have to go for two for the rest of the week because yeah your kicker's dead one of those play calls okay the execution something to be desired uh you know I I'm thinking about the Ravens so this is a team this was one of the great point spread covering teams we had ever seen back in 2019 right and just a complete bully annihilating every team but then 2020 comes around like everything goes wrong they have all those COVID issues. They have all these games in a row where they have only six days to get ready instead of seven, where they have to play on a Wednesday, then a Tuesday, then a Monday, then a Sunday. A whole lot goes wrong. Then they start this year. Their last two games preseason are on the road. Three of the first four games in the regular season on the road, lots of traveling. Tired team, potentially. I mean, I know teams don't get that tired to start the year. But now, I don't think I've ever seen this before, the Ravens, They've been home since, like, September 20th. I don't know what it is. This is their fourth—they've been home since September because this is their fourth straight home game, and they had a bye week. That has to be good for continuity, for the, you know, routine and the like. I think that's a big edge. You nailed it, so you already spoke about, you know, the Vikings playing late um, in the week. Big advantage, Ravens. I like the Ravens. All right. Uh, I've given my four weight because it matched with your five. What is your four weight, Fez? My four weight here is the Kansas City Chiefs laying seven. <sighs> what am I What am I doing? What are you doing? That's what? such an AJ play right there. It you could have had pick them yesterday. I could have had pick them yesterday. And, hey, you can tease it and get pick them. But, um, you know, I've seen this movie before that the Packers – how many times do the Packers have to have their quarterback out, Rodgers, and everyone's like, oh, Vegas overreacts to the line, and then they get crushed. It's all that happens with the Packers. It does happen a lot. Game after game. And the Packers, frankly, are a team I want to bet against. Let's look at some of the re- results from memory. 
the Bears game. Every flag goes in favor of Aaron Rodgers and company. Green Bay got every break against the Bears. The Washington game. Oh, my goodness. First time in the history of the NFL quarterback runs the ball and dives headfirst in the end zone and gets called back because he gave himself up. So Washington won the stats in that game. And then, of course, the infamous A.J. Green look away at the end of the game. Okay, either team could have won. The Packers, maybe you could argue, deserved to win. But they certainly could have lost. And they were favored to lose at the very end. So a lot of favorable stuff has happened for the Packers. The Chiefs need the game absolutely like blood. And I can see the Packers looking at this and saying, you know what? We don't need this game. Jordan Love is has not shown anything to make me think that um, I can have any confidence in him. The Packers are better historically at home. I will take the Chiefs to finally get some patience and start dinking and dunking and moving the chains instead of um, turning the ball over. Chiefs, minus seven. No play at seven halves. Got to be seven. This play scares me because... I mean, you're already looking at the Chiefs as a team that's expensive. And I don't know when it's going to stop being that way. 4-15-1 in their last 20. I think at some point you'd feel like a real adjustment. And maybe they've made that here. I just don't know because the because everything's so thrown off by the Rodgers thing. But if the Dallas Cowboys can beat the Vikings with it, with Cooper Rush... This Chiefs defense is beatable by a backup quarterback, even a bad backup quarterback. This defense is so bad that – and really the offense is, is not clicking right now either. And the Packers have in Amos and uh, uh, Darnell Savage, they've got the safeties that can give Patrick Mahomes problems. They've got playmaking safeties. Their edge rushers are still injured, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so that is problematic, but and and you know what? They did a good job in coverage last week. They dropped two safeties against Kyler Murray, and they did a good job. Now, mind you, DeAndre Hopkins was in and out of the lineup most of the game, mm-hmm. but still, I, they they did a pretty good job of keeping the offense in front of them. Um, yeah, I, I this one's tough for me. I I feel like if you're at seven, you're you're probably safe, but I also like. I almost want to do a half a unit on Packers money line because, like, I don't see the Packers losing by three. I don't see the Packers winning this game. The Packers never win without okay. Aaron Rodgers ever. Well, the, the Chiefs never cover, ever. <laughs> you know, it's funny. The Chiefs had this run in their Super Bowl year where they covered like they went twenty-two and one straight up, and they covered you know most of the games until the point spread tax. I still go back to um, the twenty twenty year. When they won at New Orleans by three, at Tam at Tampa by three, and at Miami, who was a playoff team caliber, at by six, and none of those were covers. That was a point spread tax. They finished the Super Bowl winning season eleven and two against the number. Since then, they're nine up, eighteen down. Oof. They're due. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, let's go to my three weight game: the Los Angeles Rams minus seven and a half. Hosting the Tennessee Titans. I too am on the Rams. They are a two weight. All right. It's this is a bad timing to lose Derrick Henry. And obviously there's not good timing for it, but this is really bad timing because the Rams, the way to beat them is to run the football. And now you're you're looking at I, I mean, I, I don't know. Adrian Peterson signed. I don't know if he'll play this week. Either way, the Titans are gonna we know they're gonna be working through some things on offense. A.J. Brown is now the de facto playmaker. And the Rams have a guy to take away A.J. Brown and Jalen Ramsey. Julio Jones, if he's out or limited again, the options get really shaky for the Titans. Like, what are they going to do offensively? And on defense, they're going to have their hands full, too. We, we talked about it, and it was, it was pretty miraculous that the Titans were able to beat the Bills, given all the problems in their secondary. And... After that game, RJ and I talked about, you know, sometimes it's so obvious, and it was the same way with the Browns when the Browns uh, beat the the Broncos and the Browns were missing everybody, and they still got it done. The Titans were missing everybody in the secondary, still got it done. That can work for a game, and then everything starts to kind of find its level. And if you're bad, eventually you, you start to show that you're bad. The Titans' secondary is still very bad. 
the Titans still have all those injuries, and then the Rams have weapons. They've got enough weapons that they could just say, okay, Deshaun Jackson, you want to leave? All right, you can leave because Deshaun Jackson is like their you. fifth receiver option. Um, Stafford is the top QBR quarterback in the league. He's been sacked one time per game, by far the least. He's got all the time in the world in the pocket, and against that secondary, he is just going to eat. I'm sure most power rating numbers disagree with me liking the Rams here. I, I go ahead and check yours, Fez. I'm, I'm sure yours say, nope, this is dumb, AJ. Uh, power ratings make it 7.5. I've got okay. the Rams 6.5 better than an average team, and I got the Titans 1 better. And frankly, I think that's optimistic on the Titans. I, it, this just feels like from a matchup perspective – it feels really, really bad for them. And here's another thing. The Titans, we talked about this a little bit in the Fezzik Focus pod. Kind of like the Cowboys with Dak. Like, were they going to play Dak? Were they not? They look over their shoulder and off in the distance. And that might be the Eagles, I think, in second place. That's where the Titans are right now. After that win against the Colts. Got the, the Titans, tiebreaker. They've got cushion. If they want to look at this game as just a game where they're figuring some things out and they're going to take some lumps, They've got the luxury of doing that. Why not do some load management when you look at it? Because you've got a situation, you beat Buffalo, you beat Kansas City, you just beat the only guy, the only team that can rival you in your division in Indy. Tough physical game. After three straight emotional big wins against big opponents, you've got every excuse in the world to explain why you got crushed by these Rams. And let's face it, um, the Rams are, are just an absolute juggernaut right now. Like, yeah. I mean, you nailed it in terms of they might fall asleep in the fourth quarter, but the fact they fell asleep their last game might, might help us here. They didn't fall asleep. They took Matt Stafford out of mm. the game. Like they said, we don't care what happens going forward. They, they, weren't, they didn't play for the cover, which if you're, if you're backing that, and by the way, they did cover the early numbers. They just didn't cover if you got it late. They said, we don't care if you want to score some points here. We've done what we need to do. That's that's trying to cover a line of 16 and a half versus a line of seven and a half. Yeah. They're, if they're up two touchdowns, they're not going to pull Matt Stafford out of the game. By the way, I have an undisclosed information that that Carl on the Caesars app laid the 16 and a half. <laughs> well, there you go. So there you go. L.A. Rams minus seven and a half. My three weight, Fezzix two weight. And because... Your three-weight was the Ravens. Let's go to your – oh, I guess we'll go to my two-weight. Yes. Uh, which is the New England Patriots, which we don't have an agreement on. Uh, so there you go. If you want us to fight about something – I don't know that Fez likes the other side, but um, he doesn't like this one. This is a rematch. Uh, first, let me ask you this. With this number being Patriots minus three-and-a-half, what are the implications – like what are the what is the line telling us – about Sam Darnold. Is Sam Darnold going to play or not? Yeah, so I have a Sam Darnold power rating of Carolina minus three. Given that, I got New England one and a half better. So on a neutral, it would be four and a half games in Carolina. So I would make the line three with Sam Darnold. Now, if um, if it's Walker that has to go, we've got a, I've got a four-point So it's a, it's a touchdown then. So, yes, although it's off the three, so it's about six. So I'd make it six with P.J. Walker, and I'd make it three with Sam Darnold. And I'm really, you know, I think Darnold, even if he played, I don't think he's going to play. And if Darnold played, he's not going to be 100%, so my number would be wrong at the three. Right. I'm already at four. I think you got a nice free roll here. At It's either should be four or six, and you're laying three and a half. And this New England team's playing very well. This is a rematch of the Ghosts game for Sam Darnold, where he saw Ghosts. Uh, Sam is 0-3 against Belichick by a combined score of 99-17. to 17. In three games against Bill Belichick, Sam Darnold's Jets put up 17 points. Well, he doesn't play on defense, just offense. That Well, take, take away the 99. <laughs> 17 points in three games. You mean per game, right? No, total. <laughs> I will say that... Uh... It was just reported P.J. Walker took all first-team reps today. Oh, I love this. P.J. Walker of the Houston Roughnecks of the XFL led his team to an undefeated record 5-0. and Not so good. I've got, wait, I've got, I've got the P.J. numbers right here. Three for 15 for Ooh. 33 yards. Yeah. The ghost game where Sam threw four interceptions and had a 1.1 QBR. 
and a 3.6 passer rating. That was just the tip of it. Those three games, one touchdown, six interceptions in those three games. And somehow, P.J. Walker is still a downgrade. Like, that's that's scary. What you- I, I obviously have Darnold too high. I, I still have minus one, but that was like a fully healthy, healthy Darnold. And remember, he had five touchdowns through the first four games. He was running the ball, and he was playing like an average quarterback. But now he's gotten his bell rung a couple dozen times this year. That's not going to continue. I have to give this stat because when I saw it, I didn't believe it, and I had to double-check it. P.J. Walker's DVOA this year, minus 98.1. Hmm. Have you ever heard of such a thing? I mean, this is, is that, what's the, the biggest negative number you've seen, McKenzie? For a team, I've heard of negative 40% being like the outer limit of what's possible. But for a player? Never heard of it. It's insane. Insane. And the Patriots, I've kind of been like, uh, they beat the Jets. They barely, they beat, they beat the crap out of the Jets. Great. They barely beat the Texans. I'm like, when are they going to show me that they can like actually beat a team with a pulse? They did it last week. And whatever you think of the Chargers, the Chargers are, at worst, an average football team. Other right? than above average. I, I think so, too. But I think if you're saying the worst case, yeah. they, they at least have a pulse. Yes. And, and mind you, Patriots scored one offensive touchdown in that game, which is a little scary. But this is they, – they're playing so much better. The Patriots are running the ball well. Game went over 50 and a half. Yeah. They, they <laughs> got some help. Uh, the Panthers are likely to get McCaffrey back. Is that right? Yeah, but that's news to me. I did not know that. But even if they do, if you're one dimensional against Bill Belichick, you're going to lose. Like so. Well, McCaffrey's kind of a multi-dimensional. Yeah, dude, but right? when PJ Walker's your quarterback, do you really have to worry about him beating you down the field? He wasn't really beating guys down the field in the XFL. I'd still much rather have Chuba Hubbard. Chuba. 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 Yeah. Uh, I, I, I just love saying Chuba Hubbard. So. I, I just lo- I love Chuba. New England here. I, I'm normally not a guy who loves to, to bet New England, but I, I have to here. Patriots minus three and a half is going to be my two weight. Uh, your two weight was the Rams. And for our one weight, we have crossfire. Dun, 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 dun. RJ is not here to push the crossfire music button, which would be fun. I'll let, I'll let you have the honors here, Fez. I'll give you know one more reference. Like um, you're like in the wrong chair to hit the the, the drop. Yeah, and it's like should, 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 should I should I stay buckled in or should I get out and and, and hit it? It's it's like from the movie Flight with Denzel. Oh, that's a good Washington. Movie. He said, "No, no, stay buckled in. We're gonna ro- we're gonna we're gonna roll it. We're, uh, we're gonna what? We're gonna roll it." What it, which, what do you like in this one way game? But everything's opposite of you, so you got to keep that straight—the right and the left hand. Because we're going to go upside down. Because I'm going to take the Cleveland Browns plus two and a half. And this is—I'm going to make this very simple. The Bengals have been the slightly better team year to date. So we talked about all these other um, organizations that kind of wait this time of year. They still are waiting the preseason expectations almost fifty percent, and how I feel that's a mistake. I think you should wait the current year much more. But even so, let's say you're going to wait the current year two-thirds of, of the time. Cleveland was so much better. They're supposed to be a 10-and-a-half win team. Cincinnati was supposed to be a 6-and-a-half win team. If you still carry one-third of your ratings with Cleveland being uh, monumentally better than the Bengals, well, year-to-date, the Bengals have been a little bit better than the Browns. You look at yards per play, they're, they're comparable teams in terms of the stats. But I do think the Bengals have been about a point better overall. And now the Browns, I think this is good news that they jettisoned Beckham. I think it's uh, certainly good news that they got their number one wide receiver, Landry, back healthy, and that they got their number one running back, Chubb, back, who missed a couple games. So if Cincinnati's only a little bit better, Cincinnati's make them one point better, Maybe it's, it's hardly any travel. Maybe one and a half for home field gets me to two and a half. That's the line. If there's any amount of weight that goes into the beginning of the year ratings, then Cleveland's the right side. I land on Cleveland. So we've we talked about it uh, on I guess on Straight Out of Vegas. We talked about the Odell Beckham drama and how it's it's zero effect on this line. It didn't move it at all. I, and him being gone from the team, if he's gone from the team, doesn't really matter. Here's what does matter. Oh Lord, the number two wide receiver's on fire. Yeah, no one cares. <laughs> Put it out. Yeah. <laughs> the the bigger problem is o- Odell Beckham Jr.'s dad, he's kind of right. Not maybe not that he's not giving his son the ball enough, but that 
the quarterback play has been atrocious. Baker Mayfield is a bad quarterback right now. 29th in QBR, 26th in PFF. And then on the and you're, the best thing they've got going for him is Nick Chubb. They run the ball well. That's what Cincinnati does the best is stop the run. That's what they've done the best this year. Their defense year to year from last year, they were bad defensively. This year, they've been really good, particularly against the run. So if they can slow down Nick Chubb and say, okay, Baker, you beat us with a, a gimpy Jarvis Landry with no Nodell Beckham Jr. out there. <laughs> I, I, That's I, a good one. Is it, is it, you like that? Is it Mike, it up on the fly. Mike White was able to do this. We're, we're still flying. Yeah. We're the Jets, and we're still flying. Yeah. We're flying against this team. Oh, Lord, we're out of fuel. <laughs> we're flying. So – Here's the deal. This, they didn't actually run out of fuel. The the secondary for Cleveland banged up right now, and that hasn't really hurt them the last two weeks because they played Denver and Denver and Pittsburgh. Now, this is a good point. Now it's going to be a problem because you've got a team that actually is going to throw the ball down the field. Uh, this is wild. Cleveland's wins have come against the 18th, 23rd, 31st, and 32nd scoring offenses. So they can beat you if it's, you know, a they, rock fight. Unable to beat the. That's a good point. And this, and and we talked about last year's games. Both went sixty six points or higher. So two ultra shootouts. In and Cleveland won those shootouts. If if it's a shootout this year, I certainly like the Bengals in, mm-hmm. in a shootout it, because they've got weapons in a shootout right now. And Joe Burrow's just better than Baker Mayfield right now. You know, I, I don't know if he's better long term. I, I don't know. But, like, today, through this year, through eight weeks of the NFL, Joe Burrow's not just, like, a little bit better than Baker. He's he's better. And he should be getting better each week with the coming back off the ACL injury. So that's, you know, a positive as the year goes so on. So I'll go Bengals minus two and a half for my one weight. We'll, we'll have a, a, a friendly little $300 bet on it. And we'll hope that the 2020 Cleveland Browns <laughs> version Good luck. comes back in. Yes. Good luck. All right, let's go through the rest of the games. I think, oh, sorry, I, I forgot we have to do this. So especially because we don't have the crossfire music, we've got to uh, make sure that we've, we mark the tape that this one's official. The first one in rotation order is Texans plus six and a half at the Dolphins. And by the way, as we do, we do a best bets from um, Diamond Dave and from the, the Hitman, right? Yes, we do. One second. All right. So we, I want to make sure we didn't skip you know past those in while, case. While he pulls those up, let me let me do something here. I've got some some business to get into for pregame.com. Uh, we got a couple of these. Sprint to New Year's. Conte, it's an NBA tip-off contest. Contest starts on opening day, Tuesday, October 19th. Oh, that's already – we've already passed that. Oh, sign-up ends November 9th. That's the start of the college basketball season. And the contest is going to run 75 days. So you've got until November 9th. And 50 pick minimum, 100 max. Top three prizes, 500 cash for first place. Second place is $100 cash and a year sub to ESPN+. And third year is a one-year sub to ESPN+. So if you, if you want to bet on some hoops, there you go. Uh, contest ends on New Year's Day. 50 pick men, uh, minimum, 100 max, best winning percentage, sides and totals, top three places win money. So there you go. You've got until November 9th, opening day of, of uh, college basketball, to get signed up for that. Go do it. It doesn't cost you anything. Pregame.com, go to the contest, get yourself signed up. Simple as that. All right. Looks we have- like we're going to be covering these games as we go along here. Looks Beautiful. like we will. All right. Let's start with the Texans game. Texans plus six and a half at the Dolphins. And you and I talked a little bit about this beforehand. If the Dolph or if the Texans play Tyrod Taylor, there's value on this number with the Texans, which sounds gross to say because I don't want to bet the Texans at all. But I think the Dolphins kind of showed us like the Bills played terribly and still covered against this Dolphins team. It's bad. This is one of the worst games of the year. But I, I made it the Dolphins eight and a half, but I assumed that we were going to see Davis Mills. So if you upgrade to Taylor, now I make it five. So, so, yeah, so Taylor practiced last week. They decided not to play him. He's practicing this week. They haven't decided, They haven't announced it, but the Texans have a bye next week. I'm not an NFL coach. If I were an NFL coach, first of all, if I were, and RJ and I disagree on this, 
if I'm the Texans, I don't want to win football games. No. I'm done winning football. My fans are already the, – the stadium was empty last week, empty against the Rams. Like, I, I've been in Houston for 11 years. Up until two years ago, there was a wait list for season tickets of over 30,000 people on a waiting list. The game at kickoff, it might have been 10% full. <laughs> I mean, it was like the, the the city has soured so much on this team. The fan base is out. What you, what can you do to fix that? Because Deshaun Watson's not going to come back and save it. You've got to find another franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. What's your what's your best path to finding one? Lose, baby. Lose, Just lose. every game possible. Uh, but if you, if I were going to play Taylor, if I had any interest in winning, I would let Taylor s- sit this week and the bye week and I'd bring him back after the bye as healthy as he could possibly be. I'd just bring in the special doctor to give him the procedure before the, the kickoff. Yeah, then no. they puncture his lung like that, exactly. like the Chargers doctor. That guy didn't know what he was doing. Oh, he knew what he was doing. The, 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 <laughs> the Texans on the road, this is a pretty crazy number, too. 0-4, the average losing margin is 26 points per game. So now think about this. They start out, they play a fine game. Was it against Cleveland? They lose 21-31, I believe. Correct. And then they haven't scored more than five points, well, which means the offense hasn't scored more than three the next three games. Do you know how many of those points Davis Mills was accountable for in that Browns game? Seven. Mm. The rest was Tyrod Taylor. That was before, when Tyrod Taylor went out. That's an excellent apart. stat. So to summarize, Davis Mills is averaging, I believe, one-fourth of a touchdown per game. It's slightly more because he doesn't have four full games. So so you get the idea. Here, listen to these numbers. Davis Mills road home split. It almost makes you think he's a decent quarterback if you only knew he was playing at home. His touchdown to interception rate is six to one at home, one to seven on the road. It doesn't have to worry about any crowd noise at home. No, there's no crowd noise. <laughs> His passer rating on the road drops by sixty-two points. Mm. His completion percent drops by ten points on the road. Uh, this is a dreadful, dreadful road quarterback. You know, he's not a good home quarterback, but it's really, really bad on the road. And the Texans, you've got to have questions about what, like, they pushed Ingram out a week ago. Uh, Charles Aminahu, who's pr- probably their second best pass rusher, and a guy, a guy who they drafted in the sixth round and hit on. Like, they think, oh, this, I mean, he sucks against the run, but he's a decent pass rusher. They had this year and next year control over him, and they were like, nope. Trading to San Francisco, right. sixth-round pick. What? What good is that going to do? Like, I guess it's better than nothing. Sixth-round picks are worthless. Like, yeah. you look at the draft capital, like the number one pick's 3,000. A sixth-round pick is like 50. Morale has to be really, really low with Houston right now. But, again, if Taylor plays, if we find out before, sun, before Saturday night at midnight when we got to have these picks locked in that Taylor's playing, I think the, I think the Texans have value here. If he's not... I don't want anything to do with this game. I told you Flores was a bad coach. Everyone got so angry at me. I, I said, I told RJ he wasn't a top 10 coach, and I got shouted down. Now he might, he hmm. might get fired. Hmm. Uh, Broncos plus nine and a half at the Cowboys. I have nothing on this game. It's hard to nothing. have anything until you know what's going to happen with Dak Prescott. Yes. And if Dak plays, you know, if Dak plays, I think let the line inflate and then bet Denver because I do think this is, this is the game. Let's face it. The Cowboys are undefeated against the spread. At some point, we talked about Kansas City. There are plenty of people who are like, oh, you just can't bet against the Chiefs. You know, they're, they're, they're unstoppable against the spread, and then they won't go on that horrendous run. The, the, the point spread tax is coming on America's team. I'm going to go ahead and call it. It's starting this week. I don't disagree with you. I, I think if I knew Dak was going to play and I knew Dak was 100% here, I, I think you could consider the Cowboys, given that it's going to be really hard for the Broncos to keep up in any kind of a shootout But you game. get Cooper Rush, you're drawing dead. Yeah, exactly. Like Cooper Rush overcoming a, you know, a three-point spread against the Vikings, it's not unheard of. Cooper Rush beating a team by 10 points? Uh, no, there's almost no no way to to think that it could happen. All right, the Buffalo Bills, and I'll be honest, just missed my card again. And if RJ were here, he, he would have laughed at me again. Buffalo Bills minus fourteen and a half at the Jags. Good seats available for this one as well <laughs> in Jacksonville. I might add, you know, we talked about teams and and teams don't quit on first year coaches ever. 
that might happen here. I, I really think every everything I read says the team doesn't respect Urban Meyer at all. He seems completely out of his element. Maybe it's just because dude was always up, you know, 28 playing Northwestern in Indiana, that he's never had to play from behind the ultimate um, confusing set of play calls and end game. They're down 24. They score a touchdown to go down 18. They kick the extra point. There's only two minutes left. Yeah, you should go for two. You still have, you know, a one in a thousand chance if you go for two. All right, we're we're just going to not get anyone hurt, you know, let the game end. No, let's do onside kick. Yeah, let's do kick, an onside kick. Now, that is if you inconsistent. Kick the extra point and then you just kick it off deep and then you let them take knees. Okay, I get it. If you if you kick the extra point and go for the onside kick, what was the point? You're still like it would be like being in town. You're out of town. It's your last night. Okay, you're flying out that night. You're out in the bar with your with with a buddy or whatever. And you see you, you, you see a girl you like, and you buy her a drink. You send it over to her, and then you leave the bar. <laughs> Why? Why? Uh. I think it's impossible to back the Jets. Now, if you here. bought the unattractive girl the drink, that I could understand. Yeah. Make her feel good, and you or, feel like if the, you did a good deed. Or she turns around and smiles at you, and she doesn't have any teeth. You're like, oh, I got to get out I of made, here. But I made her happy. <laughs> yeah. Right? Always open the door for the like the average-looking girl, not the really pretty one. She It happens for her way too often. Uh, but the, listen. Moving on. This Jags offense was inept last week against the Seahawks defense. Now, oh, yeah. Now they get the Bills defense, which is significantly better. Uh, and on top of that, the Jags, really the only good thing about their offense is James Robinson. He left the game with a foot injury. What's his status? I, I, it's still questionable. I don't know. I, I'm assuming he's going to play. But honestly, if he's limited, does that really help you in this? Like a limited running back in a game where you're probably going to have to score 28 to win? Yeah, James Robinson's really been tremendous for them the last two years. And by the way, Trevor Lawrence is, I think, 11 rush yards, three carries. He's not running the ball. So that's, you know, an aspect of the offense I expected them to have, which they don't. I want no part of Jacksonville. So one positive on ja on Jacksonville is they're, they're good against the run. They're third in YPP against the run. But that's only because teams know they can pass on you. And mm. like even even in games where they're where people are riding on the Jags, they keep throwing the ball because it's just too easy. Uh, the Bills have actually been pretty balanced offensively. They're they're only 17th in percentage of pass plays this year. So last oh, that's because that's because um, Josh Allen runs so yeah well. yeah yeah. But normally they're 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 throwing the ball. You know, they, like for instance, last year they were third in percent of passing plays. This year they're they're a little more balanced, mm. but. If they, if they want to fall back to chucking the ball around, trust me, they can do that. They're, they're yes. built to do it. Uh, and there's a – boy, against a bad, bad secondary, you got Stephon Diggs, you got Emmanuel Sanders, you got Cole Beasley. What's Beasley's got, status on this? He's, he's playing. Up. He's, he's playing. Yeah. Uh, you, you've got a lot of guys who can who can put up. The Bills 5-0 and straight up and against the spread against teams outside the top 20 in scoring defense this year. 0-2 straight up and against the spread against teams inside the top 20. Hmm. Jacksonville, 28th. If I had to make a play on this game, it's Buffalo minus 14 and a half. But we don't have to. We well, don't have to. We will pass. And I know RJ would be very mad at me if I did. No doubt. There are uh, spies everywhere. But I will say, <laughs> you know what? What, what? Can you do some quick goat math for me? What's a Buffalo Bills team total in this game? Certainly. Because that would be, if, I, if we were looking for something to... Uh, to ride with that would be something, and I think maybe a first half, uh, first half point spread. For so we the got a forty-eight and a half. So we're looking at uh, if it was a pick'em, both teams would be expected to get twenty-four. Way we get to go up and down seven. So Jacksonville <laughs> expected to get seventeen points. Okay, Eight. so yeah. we're looking for the Bills. You're probably haven't you thirty-one, probably 31, 31, and, 31, and, 31 a half. and probably they're going to round it up to thirty-one and a half. That's a eh, yeah, that's a big hook. Yeah, I'll pass. Yep. Uh, it's something I was thinking about, but yep, maybe nothing there. All right, let's go to uh, something I think we kind of are on uh, maybe on opposite sides of here. Raiders minus three against the Giants. Too many distractions for the Raiders. A little strong lean to the Giants. I like what I saw from the defense against Kansas City. And, you know, this whole rug situation on top of the Gruden situation. How many distractions does the team have to have and I know the Raiders are off a bye, but I don't like teams 
I don't like losing teams that are doing really well that have a bye because now they get to go to Cancun. They get to celebrate in Vegas about how well they're doing, and it disrupts the uh, the chemistry, disrupts the practices. Players come back, and they've been doing too much partying. So, and now you got this this situation with rugs on top of it. I would lean Giants. Well, the Giants have their own situations. Thirteen members of the organization test positive today, including several players. And the the running backs coach is confirmed out. He, like he tested again, still positive, so he's out. We don't know about all. Like I know Saquon Barkley is one of the players who tested positive. He wasn't going to play anyway, so it doesn't matter. But here's the deal. If you're going to beat the Raiders, if you're going to really like score, move the ball on the Raiders, it's got to be running the football because the Raiders' pass defense has has become exceptional. It has. The, the pass rush is fantastic for Where this team. Where did that come from? Yes. And you're right. Guess who grades 30th in pass blocking? Yeah. PFF, the Giants. The Giants are awful as a home team. They're still banged up. They Remember uh, the end of the Chiefs game when they had a chance to win? And the, and that O line just caved in yep. completely. The they've officially ruled Sterling Shepard out again. Galladay still hasn't practiced. I'm assuming he's not going to play. Barkley's not going to play. It, and I, I just can't see. I don't see it. The last four weeks, the offense has gotten better for the Raiders since Gruden left. No I don't doubt. know. If, I don't know if anybody saw that. I don't know that I saw it coming, but it's happened. And defensively, in the last four weeks, they are seventh in EPA per play. Uh, I, this feels like a good spot for the Raiders. I'm with you coming off a bye. I'm not crazy about the fact Raiders go East and they lay eggs all the time. They Remember do. the Jets mass massively crushing them when but they God, were, had a good record. I, I pulled it up a, a, a couple weeks ago and it was just crazy. The Giants, their ATS record at home yeah, versus the that's road. That's a great point. They're such a good road dog. Daniel Jones. Well, it makes you suck. You know, yeah. <laughs> he does not get a lot of support at home. No. So I, if I, I, and you know what? I, I will probably play the Raiders. I didn't I didn't put them on my card because wait uh, wait for two and a half. I'll wait for a two and a half because for our contest it's three. So it's a stay away at three at two and a half. I see value on the Raiders. All right, let's go to the Saints minus six against the Falcons. This is one of the tougher games to get a read on, I think. It really is. I don't even know if um Taysom Hill's gonna be able to play. If he does, he's concussed, so maybe He'll be close to 100% if he does get the the go-ahead. Simeon's certainly just a game manager. I have three-and-a-half-point downgrade. Simeon versus Jameis Winston, so big downgrade. But it's, it didn't really downgrade in the in the odds or the in the uh, in the points. Yeah, break. I think there might be. There, you know, there's been a big reaction to how well the Saints have d- did. You know, in that Tampa Bay game. Um, one thing as far as a game script, if we got a Falcon team with Matty Ice struggling, and we got a Saints team and we don't trust their quarterback probably that lends itself to advantage defenses and i know the hitman's feeling that way best bet saints falcons under 42 like it down to 41 the book's out on the falcons offense the falcons offense struggles mightily against teams that can pressure matt ryan as evidence and losses to the eagles and panthers earlier this season where the falcons only scored 19 combined points the Saints are six in the NFL in pressure percentage and have absolutely dominated this Falcons offense over the past two seasons, allowing only 9, 16, 26, and 18 points. All four of those games had 44 or less points, and that was when Atlanta had Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones. I've spoken this year about how I believe the Saints are the league's most dead nuts under team. In fact, their totals have been getting bet down from the openers almost every week this season. The Saints have a top five defense and the league's least explosive offense. And that was with a half decent quarterback in Jameis Winston. They also have the league's least amount of 20 yard plus plays. In a game that the market expects the Saints to control, I expect little explosiveness from both teams in this matchup. Best bet under Falcon Saints 42. I, I like what the hitman's saying there. How about this? If we're looking for a derivative, the first half under. Yeah, first game. half to 21. We've got consensus best bet. I think this is game's going to start out really close to the vest on both sides. So first half under 21, that is our derivative best bet of there the week. There we go. Because you think about that. You think about – now, I will say the, the Falcons have some interesting pieces on offense. Losing Ridley sucks because he's their best player. But Cordero Patterson being able to be a running back and a receiver gives them flexibility. 
Kyle Pitts, we haven't seen a lot of it yet, but when the Falcons drafted him, every draft guy I know said, Kyle Pitts is being drafted as a tight end. Teams may use him as a receiver. I wouldn't, I'm like, if Kyle Pitts lines up against a cornerback, he's going to be a problem for that cornerback. Who's their top wide receiver now, Gage? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, because they've they've been using Patterson in more of a running back role. Yep. So I would I would expect to see them move some pieces around. I would not be surprised at all to see Kyle Pitts line up outside. But if you're doing that, you're making changes. It's not going to to give immediate dividends. It's not going to just show up. Oh, Kyle Pitts is on the outside. Might be some hiccups, some false yes. starts in the first half. Also, yep. Sure. So I, I think that this is an under game. Maddie lukewarm. Probably think, not going to be able to do anything. And the Saints are obviously going to want to win a ball control game. They're going yes. to want they they want to win this game seventeen to fourteen. Wasn't the Saints Denver? Was was that? Am I getting my games right? Where they Den, Denver had to play their um, Kendall Hilton famed. Yep. Yep. Practice squad receiver quarterback. Yeah, and, so the the Sa- and so the Saints basically had a 7 nothing lead with two minutes to go in the first half, saying, let's just not screw this up. And if we just hand the ball off and dink and dunk, we'll win. And they won. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's go. To, boy, another one. McKenzie with the Kendall Hilton. A good call, McKenzie. Gold Chargers <laughs> minus one and a half against the Eagles. Very interesting game. So there's a, a contingent out there, a syndicate, that loves the Eagles, that has been bombing the Eagles. They bombed the Eagles unsuccessfully against the Raiders. They bombed the Eagles when they hit three successfully against the Lions. And they're bombing the Eagles again. You know, yards per play, the Eagles, good team. Eagles can really run the ball effectively. But they don't they, well, until run, last week. Yeah, Hertz runs the ball. Miles Sanders is still injured for them. Um, Hertz's dude is, like, running the ball for close to 100 each and every week. So that's a big positive but, um, you know, the Chargers, they've become an enigma. And Herbert has gone from, is he going to be the offensive player of the year, to eh, maybe he's only an average quarterback this year. I'm not sure about this game. I know that uh, Dave Essler, however, has a real strong feeling about it. I love and bet the Eagles plus one. At home over the Chargers. I think we overvalued the Chargers this season. Most of their wins have come against teams that have marginal to terrible defenses. So where does that leave the Eagles defense? Well, if nothing else, it's better than the Chargers. But most importantly is that horrid L.A. run defense. And here, although it's not the matchup issue it was against the Ravens, it's a matchup issue. Maybe not directly, but indirectly, because when the Eagles can run, it takes tons of pressure off Hurts. The Eagles are without Miles Sanders, but against the Lions, not only did Hertz rush for 70, but household names Boston Scott and Jordan Howard combined for 117 yards. I know it was the Lions, but Detroit's run defense is statistically better than the Chargers, who are DFL in almost every imaginable category. And again, in the Chargers' three losses to above-average defense, Herbert's thrown four touchdowns and five interceptions. Of course, there's a travel to the East Coast, which we know isn't a big factor like it might have been a decade ago. But this is a 4 o'clock Eastern start game on the day Daylight Savings Times begins. It's not just the time change, but that, that does make it dark, hence cooler. And although it's not frostbite weather, Fez, it's a far cry from L.A. weather. This is L.A.'s third trip to the East Coast. They barely beat and scored just 20 against Washington in Week 1. Then they were crushed and scored just 6 against Baltimore. And now, coming off two losses, I think the wrong team is favored. I bet the Eagles over the Chargers. So here's where I'm at. I, I like, for the Eagles at least, I like that they've started running the ball. They, they've, they've needed to run the ball. We, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. They're very efficient running the ball. They just don't do it. And they, last week was a good sign. Of course, they were running it up on a bad Lions team. But the Chargers, are they're bad against the run. They're one of those teams that welcomes you to run the football on them. They may have to, you know, make some business decisions about that coming up because it's it's getting to be out of hand. My concern is, well, there's a couple. The Chargers have played the fifth toughest schedule in the league. The Eagles have played the 20th. The Eagles' wins have come against Atlanta, Matt Ryan's first game with a new coordinator, Kill Carolina him. with Sam Darnold, and Jared Goff and the Lions. The good quarterbacks that they've played. You know, I think we're giving Jared Goff a tough time here. Jared Goff sucks. We can just say Lions. They all suck. Uh, okay, but Jared Goff. <laughs> he just fits in. 
Did you ever see Matt Stafford look as bad as Jared Goff looks? I have. <laughs> I feel like when they were selectively two, when they were two and fourteen, Matt Stafford. Like I, I would take half of Matt Stafford before I'd take two Jared Goff. He'd be like throwing the ball with like two broken fingers. Like if Matt like Stafford, if if Lions Matt Stafford had to throw left-handed, I'd like him more than Jared Goff. I can I can see that. <laughs> so, uh, the, but the good quarterbacks that they've played: Dak, Mahomes, Carr, Ooh. Brady. Twelve touchdowns. Two interceptions, all of them over 80% completions. They, when they've seen a, a quarterback that doesn't suck, they've just gotten shredded. Here's what I like on this one, too. I like the over in this game. I, I think this is a, a, a high-scoring game. If the Eagles are smart enough to run the football, uh, they, they'll have some success. But I, I don't think they can stop a decent quarterback. The, the only concern I have with is that the Chargers just got a miracle over against New England that, that, that had no business going over. But again, so, and everyone, I, I think we're seeing a little bit of an overreaction to the Chargers. Before these last two games, people were really starting to look at the Chargers and go, oh, maybe there is something here. They got, they got blown out at Baltimore, who is probably, let's face it, Baltimore's probably the second best team in the AFC. Do we agree? We didn't when the Bengals beat them by a zillion. Okay, but I mean, if I said, I, I take the Bills, you get the next team in the AFC, you want to win the Super Bowl, who are you taking? Uh, there is no second best team right. in the AFC. All <laughs> course is incomplete. But I mean, if you had to choose one, who are you choosing? Baltimore, they're my number seven team. Okay. You're correct. And it's by a, lot, a large margin. So they get blown out at Baltimore, and then Justin Herbert, a second-year quarterback, gets outclassed by Bill Belichick. Yep. None, neither of those are shocking results. And let's also. It remember, was the margin. The margin in the Baltimore game was shocking. Okay, that is shocking. But also, we just talked about it took some fluky things for the Patriots to put up the numbers on the board that they did. Too. Sure, sure. So that, that whole outcome, you're right, it was a miracle over. It, but there was a lot of weird things that happened in that game, which you could make the same argument for the game that the Chargers lost against Dallas. A lot of things could have gone a different way and we're looking at a different result. But. I feel like that people are looking at those two games and going, oh, Chargers stink all of a sudden. I don't think they Char do. Chargers actually 384 in, in offense against New England. New England only 354. So fair enough. They almost put up 400 yards in offense. And now you're going against this Eagles team that is just – they're just awful, awful against the pass. So I, I, I think this is a high-scoring game. If I had to choose a side, I'd choose the Chargers. I, I guess the – the, the syndicates are against me. And Diamond Dave is against me. Diamond Dave's against me. Uncle Dave – I, I I don't I again I probably will stay away from this game because I've got I've got such a bad read on what the Eagles are, but kind of like I was with New England, at some point I want to see you beat a team that I think is at least decent. The Eagles haven't done that yet. You know they the 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 worst team that they lost to is the 49ers, but both teams that they are all the teams that they beat are worse than the 49ers. So like there's a, a clear line. So if the, if they know their role, if the Panthers are the best team you can beat, I don't trust mm. you to win. I just don't. Uh, all right. Let's. Get By the way, you mentioned something about left-handed quarterbacks. Let me give a little tip for for the younger listeners out there. They're out there playing basketball, especially the very young ones. I'm going to make you a much better basketball player. It's this simple. For the next six months, you're not allowed to shoot with your dominant hand. Got shoot it? or dribble. You're not allowed to. You, you can dribble with both hands. Shoot, you got it. Okay. I sprained my right wrist my freshman year. Best thing that ever happened in my basketball career. I hit six left-handed free throws in a row. Took off from there. I separated my shoulder. Similar story. I I could not lift. Was this in the football match with uh with McKenzie? <laughs> no, this was back in like in, I think it was my freshman year in college. Yes, and the walk on at Northwestern. So yeah, and Rocky Five was our intramural <laughs> team, and Joel Chavzlowski's team went deep, deep into the playoffs and and I still remember someone looking at like we we're into like the final four and someone's looking at this like Rocky five who the hell is Rocky five because we were like, like a bunch of like tomato cans <laughs> um we have five players Rocky five I got there, it. It, it, I, I there got have it. been three Rockies and we we're making fun like oh there'll be two more and there were which were, yeah. there were actually three more um but um, five if you count the Creed movies yes yes so which were pretty good the um but but yes well amazingly I actually got much better Mackenzie can probably speak to this um, I never miss left-handed layups 
ever, and, we're, and I never got that good with right-handed. Why is that, McKenzie? In amateur basketball, it is probably the number one advantage that people don't take is that you can't get blocked if someone's on your inside and you're shooting with the opposite hand. Left-handed layups for anybody in college is a 100% thing. It's like 50-50 in high school if someone's going to take them. Protect your dominant hand. Shoot with your left. Do the mic and drill. Look it up if you haven't seen it. Right hand, left hand, right hand, left hand. That's how you get good at basketball. Right hand, left hand, red light, green light. It's that simple. Okay. Let, let's quickly, one through eight, rank the Rocky movies. Rocky Three is easily the best movie. And an upset over Rocky One, when they play Eye of the Tiger and they watch Rocky doing his American Express commercials and he's on the Muppets mm-hmm. and Club Clubber Lang is watching him beat up on tomato cans and just shaking his head like this is bullshit. By the way, it's very similar to when I listen to some of the sports betting experts and I'm like sitting back and I'm listening to like the, their pods and their radio shows and I'm like, what the hell is this? And they're teasing six up to 12. And I'm just like Clubber Lang. I'm just like, I just want to beat the hell out of these guys. They're so wrong from all aspects. Overrated. Uh, my favorite is Creed. This will be mm. a very unpopular opinion. I think Creed is better than any of the Rocky movies. I think Rocky Three is very good. I agree. Uh, I think Rocky Four is very good, even though some people think it's cheesy. Mm-hmm. Uh I think that the worst I, – I don't think this is an unpopular one. The worst is Rocky Five. We agree with that. No, Rocky yes. Two is the worst. You think Rocky Two is worse than Rocky The 5? whole Adrian whiny stuff, I'm glad they killed her off. Wow. I, I do think <laughs> wow. Rocky Two is is the second worst. She was always a drag face. Of the honest. Rockies. I mean, yeah, she's a downer. But uh, Rocky Balboa, really underrated. Top five, mm. I would say. Mm-hmm. So uh, there you go. There, w- McKenzie, you have an opinion here? I agree with you on all that. Creed, underrated movie still. <laughs> oh, brilliant, brilliantly done and well acted. It was very, very good. One game left. Champ, I want you to take a look at this boy you're going to fight. Looks like he means business. Yeah, yeah, I mean business too. Now, Shirley, could you give me some coffee and tell me about the international bond market here? <laughs> Rocky one. The Steelers, six-point favorites uh, against the Bears. I don't have much on this game. I uh, Typically, the Monday night game is a, a stay away from me because so much can happen, so I look at the Sunday games more. you have any real thoughts on this one? I'm going to be completely honest here. I prepped for every game except the Monday night game. It's okay. Wednesday. We're taping Wednesday night. After we taped the Focus podcast, I was going to go home and exhaustively start researching the Monday night game, which I have not done yet, and so I don't want to insult the Why listeners. Why not? Because you, I said, hey, I need you to stay here and do the radio show with me. I'm a team player. You are a team player. So, all right. so I'll get back to you. You'll get back to us. All right, well, there you go, guys. Uh, it's short and sweet. I want to leave something for you. Ah, my friends from the prison, they ask unto me, how good, how good does it feel to be free? And I answer them most mysteriously. Are birds free from the chains of the skyway? Ballad in plain D, Bob Dylan. Yep. <laughs> Cash it. <laughs> All right, Mackenzie, Brad, thank you guys. Fezzik, thank you guys. Hopefully we got some winners for you in here. RJ will be back next week, 100% lock it in, and uh, we will talk to you guys then. Take care.